This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Well, High Fivers, it's your boy, High Five Tom. And uh, per the usual, I have my very good friend here on the other side of the, the country here, uh, Mr. Will. Will, how are you? No Will or Utah, no Jay we- Will Lethal. No Jay Lethal, no. No, I'm going to... Uh... Going back to what brought us to the dance home. Well, I'm just a, I'm just a man. It's funny enough that you, because you always say I'm on the other side of the country. I was really. listening to, um, well, I was listening to a new episode of Comic Book Keepers, where him and a, uh, their guest co-host talked about like D-list villains. They were talking about this one particular villain is supposed to be from like the Pacific North. Like, Oh yes. The middle of America. It's like, these people aren't from the States. They did like no research. It's like what the geography of like Oregon is like and like where it is. And Tom, you, you probably know, do they grow corn in Oregon? Mm-hmm. They do. Okay. Cause apparently they, they make it look like Idaho cornfields, but it's supposed to be Oregon. And they're like middle America. It's like, no, no. I mean, they don't do a lot, but I mean, it's super rainy there, so. Yeah, I mean. I spend a little time. Uh, I don't. I went to the comic book shop today. I don't normally peruse. Documents. I found issues of the series I was looking for, but the exact issue I needed. Because uh, my friends in Comic Book Couples Counseling are starting a new Patreon exclusive series called Married to Singles. Hmm. And their first episode is going to be coming out Monday with Daniel Warren Johnson talking about the NOM issue number nine. Hmm. Uh, Sorry, the NOM is a, it's a Vietnam War comic put out by Marvel in the 80s. So I picked up a handful of issues of that. They did not have the specific one that they're diving into. So I did place on eBay for that because it wasn't too wasn't too horrendous to find. Because I mean, it's it's one of those things where like the individual issues aren't that expensive, and you can find a lot of people selling like lots of them. But like the collected like trade paperbacks are like mad expensive, especially like the first volume for like those early ones are like yeah. Secondary market only at this point. 
Well, so Marvel put out a Vietnam War comic book, huh? Came out in like, I want to say it started in 86? Because the issues I have are from 87 and 88. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, it's supposed to be just like a, a Vietnam War comic. So it's just a dabble. I don't normally peruse the dollar bins because I don't want to get interested in something and then have to try to find it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a completionist that way. I don't, I don't want to find like one of something like, oh, yeah, good luck finding the rest of this. Yeah. But that's me. What What is up with you? Um, Thomas Cops the second. Well, we, uh, ooh, we'll put the government name out there. Not I mean, are... hey, if we're sharing each other's screen names right now. Ah! It's almost, okay. It is, it is, it is. It is kind of weird to see your your actual name somewhere, and not some uh, Mott Spock, High Five Tom, McWalkie Tom. Yeah, that's funny. Um, good. We do have some. Uh, we do have some programming notes. We do have some some bonus content that's actually coming up before this. Um. So hopefully they've listened to it already. Yeah. So as we're recording, uh, it's dropping tomorrow, uh, but uh, Thursday. This coming Thursday, dropping an episode where we did a watch along. Uh, Brundon uh, and I were joined by my very good friend, Mr. JCB of uh, Band from Ringside, and also the Phoenix Flash podcast. And uh, our good friend uh, Azar. Azar is part is the fourth member of our legendary New Japan Wrestling uh, text message thread uh, to review Brian Danielson versus Kenta and uh, Glory by Honor Five from two thousand six. Uh, great times. So make sure you check that out. And then yesterday, uh, so which we will be dropping on Friday, the day before this, uh, we did a watch along with uh, Mr. Kyle K. Sparks, uh, known from Fightful Overbooked, of Punk, uh, or CM Punk versus Samoa Joe 1, a match I had never seen before. And uh, as much as I don't like CM Punk, I was pleasantly surprised. His Ring of Honor run may have only been two or three years, but pretty fucking awesome. So, have you ever seen that match, Will? No, I didn't. So, was was the the watch one? Was that a was, was that a fightful vehicle? Was that nope. one of the? Nope. Let's ring it. Yeah, it's, they did do one. Our good friend, uh, Miss. Uh... We we were invited, but we were both working. Right. Um, that was completely different, and it, it just sucks because Kyle and I literally have been talking about doing this for well over a year. Uh, it just, you know, if anyone that listened to the mental health episode, um, oh yeah, that dropped too. Um, you know, so those, was, I was this a, is this is this coming up exclusively as a watch along, or is this, is this a chopping it up episode where you? I don't know you watch along. Chop it up, and you happen to just watch along. Yeah, just you have to watch along through uh, Ring of Honor Reverie. So, yeah, and then, of course, you know, we do it three days after uh, Samoa Joe and CM Punk 4. You know, so everyone's like, oh, you're just doing it, but whatever, assholes. So, I do what I want. So, that was a good time. It was a really good job. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Kyle's very, very knowledgeable, so and, it's good to kind yeah, of get his perspective. Now, so. now, now is the time to do it. you got to get that search engine optimization. Yes. I don't know what that means. But I have an idea. Means means you pop up towards the top and they Google Samoa Joe CM Punk. Well, we shall see if they do that, so... Um, but yeah, hopefully just people just uh, listen just out of the kindness of their heart. You know, obviously you can find that on uh, the Shining Wizards feed and uh, also Visionaries Global Media. So, you know, it was a good time. So we're definitely people should, su- people should subscribe to those. Yeah, so it just pops up right into I, your pod. I finally listened to a Year of Duke and Rogue. Nice. Our, our friend, Handsome Kevin. From the the wizards side of things, talking DNA, woof. That was a good episode. I was a little confused because I'd never listened to any episodes before. I was a little confused as to like why it was like all these just like one-liners from Kevin Rogue at the beginning, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get these throughout the episode. Okay. Well, listen to the, the name. Wow. Oh, well, I mean, it was way... It was like Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in the corner. And Roddy Piper coming out doing promos with Superboy Snook. I'm like, what was this? Yeah. There's only 700 people there. Um, But, I mean, yeah, it was... I mean, their episodes are great, but the content they were watching... Yeah, the last the, their last season was uh, the dying of WCW, and that was just bad. I mean, bad. I didn't even remember how bad it, it was. That bad. So, well, I mean, it was bad. Yeah, TNA definitely had some good. I mean, AJ Styles was on there. Freaking Kazarian was on there. You know, so yeah. Heard some familiar names. You know they. That big multi-man match. I talked about Spanky and Matt Seidel and yeah, Abyss. Oh, Abyss. You know, Joseph Hart. Who he works for the. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's been there not that long. I mean, that motherfucker. I mean, he was almost the Jay Briscoe of TNA. Um. You know, pretty much, I don't know if he's there from day one, day one, but I mean, he was there for a long fucking time. So, well, yes. I mean, if depending on how you want to track the lineage of TNA too, right? It's like, do you track it from like the NWA part? Do you track it from TNA? Do you track it from... I mean, I would track it from, I mean, the two, their start in 2002, you know. I know that was technically... 2002. It was a good year. I mean, it's the year Ring of Honor started, so. Would have been 11 years old. I was not 11 years old. I was making a lot of bad decisions in 2002, so. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, but Will, we've got uh, a few uh, questions of dishonor this week, and we also have some answers for some previous ones. Um, 
but I think we should start off with your better halves question. What uh, what did Brittany want to know? Sorry, the the boss had a question, and she was concerned that we would not take it seriously. Uh, she wanted to know what the cats finishing moves would be and what would they be called so do you want me to go first because I mean Mabel's been getting shout Mabel got shouted out on Twitter Brandon told me to check on my cat <laughs> yeah um, she definitely did so um, yeah why don't you start off we'll go one and one so I'll post pictures of these these little critters, and you know, well, will Tom share pictures of his too? People love cat pictures, right? So I've got Mabel, um, and I've got Blanche. Mabel is gonna use the Samoan spike as her finishing move. Just fits. She's gonna mean she's gonna just like Mabel, but she's got. I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast, like on air, but she's got kind of janky. She's only got like two claws on the one paw and three on the other. And one of them, her heel, like her heel claw doesn't retract. So that's the spiking claw. Nice. Or she do like a, do like a hidden blade with it. You know, she, she felt really rambunctious. And, uh, Blanche. (laughs) Blanche is, a gray cat but uh she has this thing where she doesn't like ever gently like lay down she like throws herself on the ground so you always hear it like a thud and she chirps and coos like a bird so it's like you can hear it from the other room so blanche's finishing move is going to be that it's going to be it's going to be a splash Nice. Well, that's, I must, that must be a great thing because, I mean, Smokus does the same thing. She just runs out and she just throws herself on the ground. She's like, give me attention. You know, I need attention. It, especially, like, yeah, if she's running into a room, like, she got some speed going in. It's like she just, like, it's almost like she tries to, like, drift. Like, she slams on the brakes, turns sideways, and, like, boom, on the ground. It's like, mm-hmm. you're going to hurt yourself. Well, I put this question to Faith because Faith is a lot more creative and, well, let's face facts, a lot smarter than I am. Um, so our our cat Chico, uh, known very well in the podcast world, he's he's definitely put out his own messages on podcasts. He's been on the podcast, uh, but his was called uh, the Celtar del Chico Guapo. It is a uh, body splash because Chico likes to jump on things. Um, they say, oh, maybe just a body splash. But if you think of it in the context of like his namesake, Chavo Guerrero, or like a Ray Phoenix or a Pentagon, where I mean, Chico's a big cat. And if he body splashes you, you're you're going to go down for the three count. Um, the, you know, he's he's definitely jumped on all of us. He jumped on Face Sister. Uh, that was really funny um, and crawled up her back. But he just likes to jump on people. Um, and throw himself. And one time, I know you haven't been to my house yet, Will, but obviously we've got it, you know, leading down the downstairs. There's like a little, like a little railing, like where you can, like a little shelf as you go down the stairs. It was on top yep. of that. And I was going down the stairs, and that motherfucker literally just jumped off that shelf onto my head. 
That's a good like five foot drop. People can't see it, but you can see it. So we got this dresser right here because yeah. my laptop's sitting on our bed. So like they don't do it as much now. But when they first started more adventures and like jumping up and climbing up the furniture, they would climb up here and like dive down, like always like in the middle of the night. So like you're like finally falling asleep and all of a sudden, yep. Comes crashing down. It's like, who the hell was that? Yeah. And then uh, Smokus, uh, you know, she's not as much as a of a jumper as Chico, uh, but her finishing move is the Palma as uh, a Palma Percantis. Uh, that is Latin for the palm strike. Uh, Smokus likes to punch people, so she's just gonna just knock people the fuck out. She's just gonna, you know, it's not gonna be a spinning back fist like Eddie Kingston, just a just a straight, you know, Brody. Um, I was Bruiser Brody. I'm gonna say Brody King, who blew up the internet today. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, like Bruiser Brody, just a slam. But I also thought of a tag team move. Um, because you know they're brother sister, you know, so they're gonna tag team on people. And I really just think uh, they would probably do. I can't remember the name of the move, but it was that elbow smash that Demolition used to do. So I could see Chico laying somebody across the ear. And Smokus is coming off top with the elbow, and bam, you're done. So, yeah. The, the only thing I'm on new in tandem is neither one of them are terribly good about covering their shit in the litter box. So, I don't I don't know quite what the move would be, but it would be the shit and scoop. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, so. Or out of the box, because they, most cats back up to like the walled part of the litter box and go ours back up to the opening. So sometimes stuff goes out, but not because they're trying to, it's just because they're bozos. Yeah, that's uh Yeah, so high fivers, um I, I challenge you. I don't know everyone out there not everyone, but I know people definitely have their pets. Uh so yeah, let us know what your pet's name is and what your pet's finishing move would be. Yeah, I'm hoping we get a response from uh, our can you be that champion, LOL Mike Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, and Freed's, I'm looking at you. That, I know you got the puppy. Yep, Freed's the dog. Kate's got a dog. Yeah. I mean, Bowman probably, Bowman probably will respond, but he's got, I mean, he's got mood. I mean, mood has got to be packing heat, right? Yeah. It, it, it or just, Nelly. I mean, Nelly's Nelly's put all out there. I mean, I'd see something like Rikishi probably just stick her butthole on people's faces. So, extreme expose needs yeah. Nelly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we'll put that all in the Twitter machine. So high fivers, we definitely want to hear your response. Uh, but speaking of responses, our our good friend Mister Utt Rob actually uh, gave some responses to a couple of his previous. Uh, questions of disorder. So I'm going to go through those real quick because these are fucking hilarious. Uh, because a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, going through customs and who you'd want to have go through customs. Um, 
you know, so, and then Rob, so basically the question was, Chris Hero was on an episode of Border Security where Australian Customs checked his bags, but which member of the 2013 Ring of Honor roster would you trust to smuggle something into Australia? And his response is, I'm picking Roderick Strong. He has so little charisma that he probably wouldn't even notice him coming through Customs. So, um... And what else we got here? Um, Can't believe you're laughing about it. You're wearing a Roderick Strong shirt right now, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna take that Roderick Strong slander. I mean, is he wrong though? Yeah, you know, it's uh, tough, right? Because they're they're pushing Roddy. Supposed to be like, he's like a frat boy party, but like, he doesn't really do a whole lot. No, I mean, he's I mean, got him all- he you know he crushed a few. He crushed a few beers, you know, in 2012. You know, we saw a lot of that crushing beers at ringside and yeah. dumping beers on people. But now, just putting on banger after banger. Yeah. Uh, but then his previous question, uh, Kevin Sullivan was brought into 2016 Ring of Honor as B.J. Whitmer's kayfabe father. If he had a pair of wrestling legends with a member of 2000 Ring of Honor 2013 in a father-son relationship, who, who would it be? Um, I mean, his answer is uh, Mike Jackson to be the Young Bucks father. I mean, it just it just it just fits. Um, and, uh, Action Mike Jackson. Yeah, and then um, I've got this one up here, Will, so I will read that. Uh, the other, or I was behind Eddie Edwards in the concessions queue at an impact show in Manchester when he didn't even have enough money for a chili jacket. Question of dishonor from Rob is, if you had to buy a jacket potato for for one of the 2000, 2013 Ring of Honor roster, who would it be and what filling would you choose? Um, and, uh, and Rob's response is, obviously I go back in time and buy Eddie Edwards a uh, chili jacket potato. So, um you know, Will and I did some research as we are not as familiar with uh, the, you know, the the nomenclature of uh, the UK. But we had, uh, I'm like, is this like an actual jacket? Like, what is a chili jacket? It is a, it's a, it's a, it's a like a loaded baked potato with the chili on it. That just sounds awesome. But let's let's also let's let's also look back at that statement then. Oh, Eddie so Ed- Edwards so, working so, impact can't can't afford a. I mean, maybe what? he didn't have any money on him, you know. I'm hoping that's it. I'm hoping, you know, Eddie Edwards has been a big deal there for a while. This man can't afford a jacket potato. You know, so um, um, so, it actually, so, so it actually has chili on it? Interesting. Okay. Because I, I looked up exact. I looked up. What is a chili jacket? And it brought me up the, the Google images. Nice. Okay. Because um, I'm like, I've got to know what this is. Like, I, this just is, is it's just what they call it over across the pond. You know, in that that other hemisphere. Well, and Rob, if you ever come stateside, you'd let us know. We'll definitely buy you one. But if I head over that way, I definitely want to have one of those with you. That sounds really, really good, actually. You know, and yes, I used to live in Idaho, so yes, I know what it is. A potato, you know, all about potatoes. So, all about uh, potatoes. You boil them, you mash them, you put them in a stew. 
Yeah, I love mashed potatoes. That's like the one thing I can actually cook on a, on a semi decent basis. But, um, but will yeah, what, uh, mashed, mashed potato is my preferred potato vessel. Yeah, I, I do enjoy some mashed potatoes. So, and uh, tomorrow I will be making some uh, my famous sweet potato grown turkey burgers for dinner. So sounds good. So, will when you come, you know what other thing sounds good, Tom is. Is honestly a chili a chili jacket for myself. One one Willer Utah, aka Jay Lupel, because uh, we were at the farmers market today, and just how life works in mysterious ways. I saw somebody walking around with what I thought was a a potato loaded with chili, but it wasn't. Chili, it was pulled pork. Mm, that sounds really pulled. That pulled that pulled pork, pulled red onion, had the cheese, sour cream. But unfortunately, uh, there was like a person at the, the stand, one person behind them, and then us. And they're like, sorry, guys, after this order, we're sold out. So next week, next Wednesday, Dairy Farmers Market. <laughs> okay. Um, I definitely want to hear a full report. How long is it, Dairy? Uh, when's it uh, Farmers Market start in the season? Probably not in April, huh? June. Okay. Starts in June. June through September. Not to put our personal business out there, but uh, obviously Faith and I will be out there in April. I think... I think... I don't know what the schedule is for the Salem one, because in the wintertime, I think they run out of one of the greenhouses at the garden center I used to work at. So they might go year-round? Question mark? Not sure. Hmm. Well, I'm sure the stand is... The, the 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 Salem New Hampshire farmers market is like the big farmers market in the area. Okay, that's like the one that people like travel to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. No one, no pizza trucks though. Well, we know a guy. So. Um, do you have any? I just want. I just want to. I just want to go to Matt's truck and ask for a gluten-free pizza. I mean, he has to have something like that, right? He'll give me a cup with a uh, sauce in the <laughs> top. Things in the ear. Yeah. All right. Well. So tell well, who uh, who are you who are you buying a chili jacket for? Well, my first initial thought was Mark and Jay Briscoe, but Mark and Jay Briscoe are, are quite often answers to these questions because uh, you know what I'd have to put on, right? You're going to throw some scrapple on there? Yep. You're, you're going to scrap, you're gonna try to scrapple it up for the, yep. for the Briscoes? Yep, but uh, I'm going to pivot. And I'm going to go to our, our uh, another very common person uh, answer to this question and actually will be also an answer to our next question. But I'm going to go Mr. Kevin Steen uh, while we can still enjoy him in Ring of Honor. I think he, he needs kind of a pick-me-up. He's had a rough goal of it. You know, he's been pinned a lot lately. Uh, but I'm going to put some poutine on this thing. I was going to say, are we going to get a poutine potato or are we going to get like – it's like a poutine bowl. Yeah, dude. You need the bowl. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's pretty much, I mean, poutine, it's just over French fries, so why the fuck couldn't you do it over a baked potato? 
You know, instead of gravy, you could use chili, and then you throw in your fucking cheese curds. That's another five thousand dollar idea, Rob. We are cashing yep. fucking checks here, buddy. Um, I think we're up to like twenty grand a piece just from your questions. Um, yeah, we gotta go you know, somewhere. You know, Tom, you you got me feeling a little like I was a little selfish. Answer. You know who really could use a potato? Is our buddy Cheeseburger. <laughs> So why not get him the the cheeseburger jacket? He already wears one. Yeah, but, you know, get, get a little ground beef in there, a little ketchup, a little mustard, a little little like shredded lettuce, a little diced tomato. Yeah, yeah, da, a thousand, yeah. He, he he needs he needs to put on some weight. He's a growing boy. Yeah, especially after this week. So I mean, I picked on again. Oh, I mean, cheeseburger. You know, at least, at least it wasn't Truth Martini having him take his pants off. No, so when's he going to learn? We're going to see that next week at House of Hoopla. But speaking of House of Hoopla, I, I said I did text you. And, Brunda, did you ever figure out the answer to my said text message of uh, who got a Proving Ground match against Athena last week? I mean, for talking no. about two, I mean, we you've got two options of hoopla hotties that you could pick. So, oh, yes. was it uh, Miss Silesia Sparks? It, I heard the name, and they're making fun of him like that. I feel like I know who that is. You should. Will we talk about her like every week now? What what, what they what they say? Saliva Sparks is that? Yeah, what Tony Calder. <laughs> no, it was KJG. So. And I, I can just hear Freed's like freaking people's, out. It's like people's it's... people's. I mean, I just assumed it was Tony. I mean, Tony's names for all the other. Yeah. All the other talents they talk about. Yeah, no, it's Miss Silesia Sparks. Uh, she's been on quite a roll actually, uh, since she's come to our attention. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I watched part of that match that Eric sent us too against Jake something. Man, it was a. Uh, it's a fucking banger. So it's good to see she's back on TV, and you know she did she did do something. So she's not just a hoopla hottie taking her pants off. So, um, but we've got another question from our your very good friend, uh, Mister Brendan, who I was very fortunate enough to talk to. Two. Oh, no. uh, t- oh. oh, no. oh. Um, and I'm gonna have to go kind of solo on this one because. I don't know how Will's gone through life not seeing this movie, and you know the death of Smoochie thing was like a joke. But seriously, Will, you've never seen Animal House. You know what? Oh, uh, you. I was I was hoping to have it in time because I was gonna be like, "Here's a problem with this question, Tom." How have you never seen Animal House? I've never seen Animal House. <laughs> um. How I'm aware of Animal House, but I have never seen it. Not not something I've gone out of my way to watch my own. Not something where movies of that kind of time, like my dad would have shown me. Never. Like again, like I'm aware of it. You know, I'm more of like food fight. Like that's about it. Got the dead bullshit in it. Yeah, I mean. So you never did the whole stuff your cheeks as mashed potatoes and punch your mouth and shoot mashed potatoes all over a bunch of yuppies before? 
It's great. I mean, I've done dumb. I've done stuff like that before, but now I'm like, how dare I waste that food? <laughs> well, it was cafeteria mashed potatoes, so it was probably you know. So you know, those they were probably bomb. I don't know about you. I can't speak for like what my later year school, but like el- my elementary school, the food was banging. I don't even remember. One ace aces every day. Well, in high school, I mean, I was so broke. My mom, you know, I used my lunch money, and I would just spend twenty five cents on a peanut butter jelly sandwich and just pocket the rest of the lunch money. So, you know, pocket the other twenty five cents for twenty five cents for a BB and J. It's not bad. No, this is nineteen ninety five, ninety six. So, but Brenda's question to ninety five, ninety six to be four or five years old again. Who are your roles? For 2013 Ring of Honor Animal House, um, and I will be doing this this question solo, uh, much to my chagrin. But you know, and uh, Brendan gave us uh, some answers, obviously. So he would do uh, Carino as uh, Dean Wormer. He would do Taven and Bennett as uh, Boone and Otter. Uh, Kevin Steen as Bluto, that is the John Belushi character. Um, Adam Cole as Pinto. Um, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, Bobby Fish is Flounder, and uh, the Wolves is the other fraternity douchebags, uh, namely Kevin Bacon. Obviously, six degrees of uh, separation with Kevin Bacon. Uh, and he picked Cedric Alexander as Otis Day. Uh, Otis Day was the guy from the band. And then his last one, um, I wish you'd see the movie because this is really fucking hilarious. But uh, he says he picked Jimmy Rave as D Day uh, since he disappeared. Because uh, D-Day d- disappears in the movie, so. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll have to see it, because, I mean, you're laughing. So, obviously, you're you're putting these pieces together. I am not. Um, so, any, anyone that's seen, uh, has seen Ro- or, uh, Roadhouse. Another great movie. Ever seen Roadhouse? No. I mean, shit, I fucked this up again. No, <laughs> I've seen I've seen the I've seen the Family Guy bit where they're they're making fun of Roadhouse. Again, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of the Patrick Swayze movie, and there's there's ro- there's Roundhouse kicks, and Ronda Rousey was supposed to be in like some remake of it. That should have been pretty cool. Terry Funk's in the original. It's got a pretty big part. That's too. right. I, I was there was somebody else. I'm like somebody else is in that movie. I'm assuming remember it's. Country music icon Terry Funk. Yeah, I mean, oh, and Sam Elliott's in there. So, um, ooh, and I really shouldn't say this, but I'm actually on my work computer here. So, someone just asked me a work question. So, I'm like, whoops, but whatever. Um, all right. So, I'm just going to go off the cuff here. I didn't think too hard on this, uh, but I've got a list of a solid list of characters here. Uh, but John Bluto, like I said, Will had referenced earlier, super famous part, John Belushi. Um, John Belushi's just a funny motherfucker. Uh, a couple parts of the, have you ever seen, you've probably never seen the Blues Brothers before either, have you? I've seen the Blues Brothers. Okay. Um, a couple of scenes were filmed actually right in Milwaukee too, by the way. Um, obviously he picked, um, Kevin Steen, who was going to be my pick. Uh, so I'm going to pivot here and go to my second pick. And I would really like Mark Briscoe. As John or John Bluto Plutarski, who ends up being a senator later on in the movie, 
Uh, and speaking of Simpson, so he's got, or uh, speaking of Briscoes, he's got D-Day. Uh, he's played Daniel Simpson. Uh, he has him as, obviously, we listened to Jimmy Rave since he disappeared. Uh, but uh, D-Day is just kind of a psycho biker guy that's just hanging around the college. He's that guy that's probably 35, 40 years old, living with his parents, but still hanging out with college people. Uh, but he likes to make cars disappear and blow shit up. Uh, so definitely, definitely going to pick uh, Jay Briscoe. Uh, Jay Briscoe's kind of that crazy guy. I could see him driving around on a motorcycle and everything. Uh, and then we have um, Dean Wormer. Yeah, uh, he's listed on here as as Steve Carino, and really, I can't beat Carino. Um, that is a great pick. I also uh, have on uh, Doug Niedermeyer. Uh, Doug Niedermeyer is one of the protagonists. He's kind of like he's the he's the head of the ROTC, and just imagine that guy that probably takes his ROTC gig a little too seriously. Um, God, who would be a good pick for that? Ugh, I'm going to skip Niedermeyer. Uh, Chip Diller, uh, like I said earlier, mentioned on, uh, it's one of the douchebags, um, played by Kevin Bacon. Uh, so I'm definitely going to stick with the Wolves there on, on, uh, Brenda's pick. Uh, Katie played by Karen Allen, uh, also more known as Indiana Jones's love interest. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to go with Mia Yim for Katie, uh, for sure. Uh, Flounder. Um, Flounder, you know, I think I'm going to have to put Flounder here in the Kevin Steen role. Uh, I know I'd like to put him in a bigger part, uh, but that'd be pretty funny. We've got Professor Jave, Jave Jennings, uh, played by Donald Sutherland. Uh, so somebody a bit older, um, fuck it. I'm going to go with, uh, Joe Crawford. No, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to go with Carrie Silken, uh, the stoner professor guy. Um, Taven and Bennett as uh, Otter and uh, Boone are, it's tough to pass up. Um, and Otis Day, I know he picked Cedric Alexander, uh, but I mean, that's just a, a role tailor made for, for Cole, or, uh, Caprice Coleman. Um, so, Niedermeyer, so super strict, takes his job too seriously. Artie Evans. That's my pick. Artie Evans. So that is my my mini casting uh, of uh, Animal House with the roster of 2013 Ring of Honor. Uh, so Will, uh, you've got some more homework. So when you're once you're done with uh, Death of Smoochie, um, check out Animal House and Heather's. Yeah, I mean and Heather's, but um, you know it's it's tough. Animal House, some of the humor, Hard Boiled, and all the movies that you. <laughs> Hunt for Red October, Die Hard, you know, um, soon to be doing... I like Hunt for Red October and Die Hard. Hunt for Red October, um, that movie is way better than the book, by the way. Uh, um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Movie's better than the book. I'm going to have to read this book. (laughs) It's okay. Um, But, uh, what was he going to say? Lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, with Animal House, it's tough. I mean, some of, the, some of the humor is a little outdated. Um, it does get a little rapey. That, that, is the, that, that is the thing about comedy, right? Just, and co- no comedy as well. Mm, I wouldn't say no. Ghostbusters is still fucking funny. A lot of the jokes are dated. Yeah. There's always going to be it's always going to be dated material. So be like, oh, this was probably a riot 
20 years ago. Yeah. But, as always, Brendan, I appreciate you. Like I said, uh, that, that mental health episode. Uh, Will, thank you again for, for listening. Make sure people check that out. That did come out on, obviously, Visionaries Global Media, um, but also did come out on the Shining Wizards feed. Uh, you know, hopefully it does help somebody someday. Um, but yeah, but this is a, this is a Ring of Honor podcast, Will. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, 
We've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. We've got TV to go over real quick here. TV episode 95. 95, well, you believe that shit? I know I say it a lot, but I mean, we're creeping up on episode 100 here. I'm going to have to get a little party hat, little, uh little, like, party whistle thing. An excuse to buy myself a cupcake. <laughs> um... By the way, I do have a surprise guest coming on for September. Um, I think that should be fun. So, but um, real quick, Will. Yes, yeah, so this is uh, we're back in Baltimore. Our original air date July thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, so we got the thirteen thirteen going on there. Um, we got an and opening. Carino's angry. Is he more angry than usual? You think? He he's making a point to say he's angry because they have decided off screen, off segment, just kind of like pencil it in that Kevin Steen will be the fifth man for Steel Cage Warfare. That is true. That is true. He is not excited about officially this. made off screen. Now, do you think that was a shoot that was going to be the plan originally, or do you think that Mark Briscoe is actually concussed and can't go? I mean, I would be shocked if he's not concussed after taking three of those. I feel like somehow they're going to get Kevin Steen in there. Yeah, I figured that was kind of that was probably the plan the entire time. But the way it was executed, it probably was we have to make a decision like now. Yeah. And I, you know, no, because like later on we get Jay coming out. It's like I'm banged up, but I'm good. But you know, maybe Mark Briscoe's like, no, I, I'm I'm really not that good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Can you could you tell if Mark was concussed? I mean, you know. But uh, could have knocked his teeth out. That's true. But will we got an opening match here? Uh, this is basically your. I defin- hope so. so. Um, you're de- definitely your definition of a grudge match. Uh, it is QT Marshall with RD Evans, uh, versus the screaming Sicilian psychopath. Um, you know, and then of course, Carino did have to mention that RD Evans doesn't like Carino and his West Texas state diploma. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Kelly's like, RD Evans doesn't like you. He's like, why do you say that? He says your degree from West Texas is a sham. How dare he? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, for those uh, that may be tuning in for the first time or relatively recently, uh, you know, Ciampa had hurt himself, you know, uh, nine months ago and it looked like a shoot injury. And Artie Evans pretty much talked about how, you know, he's going to put him out the pasture. 
Uh, and then you know, no one's done this so far in their their matches with uh, with uh, Champa. But obviously, I mean, QT does a smart thing. Will goes right after the knee. Well, I mean, in that, I mean, how many matches he really had since he's been back? Yeah, that was weird. Cause he, he only had the one with Elgin. guy, and he wrestled oh, yeah. Elgin. A great match. So, yeah, QT Marshall being the thinking man's wrestler. Going for the highlighted injury. Why wouldn't you? It, it just makes sense. Um, the yeah, dude's so- finishing move is a backbreaker. Why wouldn't you eliminate the knee? Yeah, and his setup to said backbreaker is a fucking, you know, shining wizard. Or, or just basically a vicious knee. But, um, yeah, so he goes right off the bat. And, you know, QT, QT's really kind of dominating. I... I don't know how to say this gracefully, but goddamn that tree of wool that Champa got set into when he was outside the ropes. Mm, yeah. <sighs> you know, kudos Champa for doing that. Uh, hopefully, he did it so he didn't actually injure himself. Uh, but in the middle of the well, was that done? Was that done on purpose? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I don't know. Um, but in the middle of the match, we'll obviously we get an ad for uh, age five five cash now. I still need to call that number back. And also, they want you to buy the Welcome to Sandy Fork DVD. Um, I should watch that and review that. I do actually own it. It's one of the first things. Well, you know where I got that DVD from? Will I bought Is it off a box of wizardry? No, I bought it off of Honor Club when you could buy DVDs off Honor Club. Whoa. All right. Listen, we we all know it's everybody's in agreement now that Ring of Honor is not good. No, that's why we're watching 2013, not 2020. The 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 the, the we'll wait and see period is over. Yeah. Um, and you're the first person to go off that train to your credit too, Will. So, uh, but really, um, this whole match, I mean, QT Marshall really did show up. I don't know, Will. QT might be a sleeper surprise for 2013. He's had a lot of really good matches. Um, he's really good. You know, he's really good. And people, he's never the first guy you think, right? He doesn't really have like a standout look. He doesn't really show like a standout move set, but his character work is so good. Yeah. And, and he can go in the fucking ring. You know, that's, you know, um, you know, and he beat up Champa for, uh, I mean, a solid bit and, you know, quicker than Elgin did. But, you know, said once again, like Will said, you know, working on the fucking knee, you know, his 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 finishing moves, you know, involving knees. Um, yeah, and because know, he's got to lift somebody up first and then, yeah. you know, you drop him into that backbreaker. It's like if you can even get the guy up, you yeah. know, you're going to take a lot of you're going to take a lot of abuse out of that move, too. So, and uh, that came into play a little bit later, but uh, Champa initially and eventually does get the advantage a little bit. And man, he hits a fucking knee on QT and knocked him right through the ropes. Um, and then he did a really, I don't know, hopefully he was selling, but that one legged um, jump off the top ropes. Uh, then Nana comes out, Princess Nana comes out. Obviously, uh, Champa and Nana have a little bit of history, mainly RD Evans has history with Nana. Uh, but he goes for the Project Champa that Will was just talking about. And, uh, uh, and QT, but RT or RD Evans comes in, and then uh, Chomp goes for the project champ on him. Uh, RD Evans squirrels out, but he runs up the ramp, but he runs right into Nana. Uh, and then he runs back into the ring, and Champ, like Will, you know, like Will said earlier, uh, 
Champa does hit the Project Champa on R.D. Evans, but he pays the price. And goddamn, I mean, QT Marshall rolls him up, being smart, and uh, Champa kicks out. I, I thought that's where the match was going to end. I like, wouldn't that have been a great story? Champa had one shot, and he wasted it on R.D. Evans instead of QT Marshall. Yeah. Um, that would have been, I personally, I think, I mean, I never want to see Ciampa lose, but I think that would have been the better story. But, uh, Ciampa does kick out of, uh, that roll up from QT, but right into a goddamn stretch muffler. Ow. Um, kudos to Ciampa and QT for, for pulling that off. But, uh, Ciampa does roll out of it, um, you know, into a pinning attempt. QT kicks out, uh, but he eats that bionic knee for the win and, uh, Great match, Will. I really liked it. No, it was great. Solid opener. Match, grudge match. I know, did it feel like a grudge match? No, not really. It felt like a match, right? Obviously, there's a little extra piss and vinegar between the two of them. Yeah. But uh, I said I was kind of hoping they play into the story, right? Because even Karina says like, you know, he's not really a psychopath. He's just a really intense guy. So it's like that would have been such a great story. Right? He he he's going to get one shot with with Project Champa, and he uses it on R. D. Evans and not his actual opponent. Cost him no win, but so if that cost him, that would if that had cost him, that would have been a great story beat. Did Champa get the win as expected? Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to get, like, a surprise like that. I mean, they do do some, some surprises every once in a while, but um, great match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, honestly, I mean, that would be probably easily top 25 TV matches of the year uh, so far, personally, you know, without going into too much on that. So, But uh, next, we get a real quick uh, promo from cell phone announcer guy. Uh, he lets us know they're going to Toronto for the renamed Maple Leaf Gardens, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Elgin being from Toronto, you know, says a bunch of words. And in the end, you know, they created all men equal, um, a little bit of a promo, but we get Will's favorite uh, time of the week. We haven't had an inside of the ring of honor in a, a little bit, actually. Um, no, when they, when they gave the run through all the stuff they're going to mention, they wanted to get through a lot. And obviously the, the big thing here is, uh, is Jay Briscoe healthy enough to face, uh, Matt Hardy? You know, and then, uh, you know, they talk about that. And then Carino comes on, says a bunch of words, and he's like, I couldn't have planned this better. You know, uh, you know, Jay and Mark beat the living piss out of each other, uh, knocked Mark out of steel cage warfare. Obviously, he doesn't know what Kevin's seen at the point. And uh, Jay Briscoe is hurt if and uh, may just have to relinquish his title. Um, but, you know, and then went, um, you know, and then Carino just goes on. You know, Matt Hardy's going to win next week the championship, and then Steel Cage Warfare, uh, Ring Honor's going to burn. And then uh, Kevin Kelly just talks about this most important match in Ring of Honor history. Uh, and we find out officially that Kevin Steen is in Steel Cage Warfare. Um, I know I kind of went that pretty quickly. Uh, Will, did I miss anything really? No, I think that's pretty much it. You know, Steen said, like, you know, Nigel put in because he had to. I have to be part of this. But it's like, Steen's win-loss record increases against Scum. Not great. No, so I just... It makes me nervous when Kevin Kelly says things like it's the most important match in Ring of Honor history. So hopefully we see what happens. But uh, 
But we get another match here. Uh, the Prodigy Mike Bennett with uh, Maria Canales and, uh, quote-unquote, Brutal Bob uh, versus Nick Merriman. Uh, so this is one of about six matches that Nick Merriman ever had. Uh, so this went pretty quickly. You know, I was going to say that this, uh, I don't know if this one would be on the cage match. This is over off quick. They did. That's right. They didn't actually. So he's made two other Ring of Honor appearances. I think they're both in tag team matches, but yeah, it wasn't even on there. But, uh, you know, so Mike Bennett, uh, he hits Project Hollywood probably within under a minute. Uh, gets on the mic, uh, says a bunch of words. You know, he but said. He... Before we get to the, uh, the words, you know, the words are about the contract, right? Right. He's got move contracts. He's got contracts from other wrestling companies. He's got a, a rap album, country album. He's got contracts for contracts. I would love to hear Mike Bennett. Maria Canellis wants Maria Canellis wants to start moving up his ladder. Yeah. And, and she Mike was, Bennett, you know, got the hair, wearing the black tights. Yeah. He and, did the, the pink and purple. Yeah, they weren't matching again this week, so. Um, I know I've asked this before, but I think Maria was on The Apprentice before this, I think. I suppose I could just look it up, but that'd be no fun. So, um, but he I doesn't want to say that The Apprentice was before this. Okay, I um, want to say she was still in the E when happened. Oh, because she was but in I the will confirm. Was she in the E before this, and then went back with him? Correct. Oh, okay. Because she was one of the diva. She was one of like the diva search. Contestants, like when the first time around they did that. Mm, that explains a lot. Uh, but then Bennett says, you know, maybe I'll just go to Connecticut for the payday, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, we know he does do that eventually. And then he calls in Cheeseburger. You know, always he does admit, okay, Ring of Honor gave me a bunch of money, a bunch of time, uh, the whole kit and caboodle. And he says, hey, Cheese, you know, he's like, maybe I'll just give this contract to Cheeseburger. Obviously, Cheeseburger's been the whipping boy lately. Uh, so Cheeseburger gets in the ring. You know, Cheeseburger, you should sign this. Uh, then Mike Bennett just randomly super kicks him. So, for a date, Celebrity Apprentice Maria Canales was in 2010. Okay, yeah, just before, yeah, three years before this, so, okay. Um, but yeah, and then she, uh, she, you know, super kicks CB. Um, I'm sorry, Cheeseburger, not world famous CB yet. And then uh, Bennett's beating up Cheeseburger, but then Bo uh, Brutal Bob interferes, uh, but Bennett ain't having it, and uh, he slams uh, Brutal Bob, and uh, he tells Bob Brutal Bob to go fuck himself, and he gets on the mic and tells everybody, the Prodigy is dead. No more of the Prodigy. Not much Prodigy anymore, yeah. So, we will see what happens. And I, then, I like the the response from Kevin Kelly's he's like, kid sign this contract and you can be the huge star and they're like that's not how that works <laughs> yeah you can't just sign somebody else's contract um but, but this... you know it's big money it's uh it's like it's almost matt hardy money almost matt hardy buddy but it's twice as much as steve carino and kevin kelly make combined and then some i like that he kind of dragged the audience a bit, right, for being all, you chant your yes or whatever. He's like, it's like 
it turns like the fickle thing, right? That Brian did in the E towards the end of his time. Fickle. fickle. You're going to just latch onto whatever goofy chant you want to do. You say, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so Bennett, yeah. I mean, I did did not really do that that promo justice, to be honest with you, but, uh, you know, it wasn't bad. So, I mean, we'll, right. I mean you got through the gist because they, uh, they touched on that, right? Because Brutal Bob kind of got involved one of the last times, too. It was kind of like, oh, Brutal Bob, what are you doing? You're, you're not really on, on the same page here as your boy. Now, Brutal Bob is uh, done with uh, with Mike Bennett. Yeah. So, um, I really hope we don't get a Brutal Bob-Mike Bennett match, but we shall see. Um, but at this point, though, Will, I mean, the highlight of the week is we find out that Roddy is our picture of the week. So, I texted the number. So, we'll see if I get my Roddy Strong picture in the mail. So. I mean, you haven't gotten any of the other ones. It'd be texted to you. No. But, you know, maybe. I don't think anybody manning, but uh, I don't think anybody's keeping track of those uh, that program anymore. Well, I, I can only hope, Will. So, uh, But real quick, um, before we go to our main event, uh, Jay Briscoe comes out. And uh, I really love this promo. Uh, this was awesome. It was short. Yeah. He basically it was short, and it was like they knew it had to be short. Like he just came out and was like, yeah, uh, yep, fuck you, Matt Hardy, see you. Yeah, the only way you're getting this uh, this title is if you pry for my cold, dead hands. And then, uh, did you catch what uh, Carino said after that? Yeah. It's like, yeah, worked for Ray Lewis. Another, uh, right, another Ray Lewis reference. Um, So, I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, but yeah, quick into the point. So we're definitely getting Matt Hardy versus Jay Briscoe next week. Uh, but on to our main event. I was waiting for you to tag do team that. title match. I was waiting for you to do the Mark Henry thing. Does he still do? Does he still do that on Rampage? Anybody know? I wonder. I haven't watched Rampage in. You're. Asking, I would say you're, you're asking the wrong person. High fivers, let me know. I'm not just... interested. I'm not interested in any Tony Khan vessels. No, I'm not either. So, um, but like I said, we'll CNC sit... Rust Factory, Red Dragon. And uh, we we've talked about it before. Uh, Steve Carino does agree with us. He's very high on Cedric. And uh, and I've said this a bunch he, too. He man. puts over uh, all. He puts over all four of the guys at one point in the match. Says they're all great singles wrestlers. So he's like, they think about the match as singles wrestlers and as tag wrestlers. And he's not wrong. That's a really good observation. And I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Give me fucking Kyle O'Reilly versus Cedric Alexander one-on-one. Please. That's all I'm asking. Um, I think another interesting, I don't know if they necessarily intended it to come out this way. But Carino complains, right? How many opportunities is CNC Wrestle Factory going to get? But then they have this opportunity, and it becomes an overbooked mess. Which is very disappointing. I feel like that pretty accurately sums up the the tag division right now, right? It's like we have champs that aren't doing a whole lot. You could put these belts on CNC. You could put these belts on um, what was um, uh, Tedarius and ACH. What, what I, I Adrenal- forgot there. Adrenaline Rush. 
adrenaline rush. You know, you could put, you know, I'll, I'll say it, you could put these tag belts on the exciting young black tag teams, but they're just kind of floating around on Redragon. I mean, we had all five tag teams that they have in this match. Right, all five of them, except for the Bra- the Barado brothers. Well, and technically the Briscoe brothers, but obviously, you know, but... uh. Oh, um, also, I did, didn't mention it, but uh, Paul London is going to be at the Toronto show. That's awesome. So hopefully he's feeling better. Um, I do want to shout out real quick. There was one move. Um, Bobby Fish hits a hip toss on Caprice Coleman, and goddamn, those two made it look amazing. Uh, it looked like Caprice Coleman almost hit the fucking roof. Um, well done on both parts. So that was a lot of fun. Um and I like the move where Caprice like nails Kyle O'Reilly, who's in the corner, but then he kind of slides out and does a jump on of like uh, Bobby Fish at the same time. I'm not describing that very well, but I, I hopefully know what I mean. Um, no, there's there's a lot of moving parts. It's hard to accurately describe stuff. I mean, a lot of this like it fell outside of the ring, and then we had all the other teams coming out standing ringside, and then Steve Carino starts poking at the wolves and. Then yeah. Scum comes out and all this. And then it's like, this match is still going. Like, this, is, this hasn't been called. There's just all this bullshit happening on the outside. Yeah, I have uh, I have my notes in here. Hot fire match and then dot, dot, dot. Um, like Will said, the, will, the wolves come out. They're on top of the ramp. Uh, Carino starts barking at them. Um, you know, he says, why can't they watch from the back? I mean, he's not wrong again. You know, um, I did. Yeah, why? Why isn't where? Why are all these other teams hanging out out back and watching it like most people would? Um, I did love Bobby Fish being on the opposite side, yelling geeks at them all the way up the ramp. Um, you know, uh, it was pretty effing funny. And then uh, Kyle O'Reilly, like he does, Caprice Coleman. You know, he's on the barricade in the corner, and Kyle O'Reilly just coming. You know, full force off the off the ramp and that double stomp. I uh, love that move every time. Um, you know, Carino screaming at the wolves. Richards ain't having it. Grabs Carino, and then like Will said earlier, all hell breaks loose. Scor- scor- scum comes out. Adrenaline rush comes out. Blah 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 blah. Uh, there's a move where CNT hits the. So it looked like Cedric came off the rope, hit Bobby Fish. On the back while Caprice is holding him, but then he went down, and then Caprice slammed him on his knees. Uh, that would be a cool move if they hit it correctly next time. Uh, but in the end, uh, Caprice Coleman goes for that uh, famous leg scissors into the frog splash uh, on Kyle O'Reilly, but Fish is holding him in the corner. And then, uh, you know, Caprice falls back to the mat, uh, and then um, Kyle O'Reilly hits a really sweet... Uh, um, tornado DDT, DDT uh, into another rolling DDT into Chasing the Dragon uh, to end the match. Um, this could have been a great match, and at points was a great match, but the bullshit, why? It's just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, even if... Would they change the title belts? on a TV after it's had a pay-per-view? Probably not. But still, the fact they have all this this schmozzy shit going on around it, it's like you forget that there's a match going on. Yeah. 
it's just all this outside stuff is distracting from the stuff in the ring. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it's a shame, you know. I mean, I, I like that CNC keeps getting title matches. Uh, they don't ex- really explain why they keep getting title matches, but obviously, like Will and I have talked about, we are fans of CNC Wrestle Factory. Um, I don't know, Will. I mean, obviously, last last week was such a hot fire episode. Uh, this was down a little bit. Uh, opening match is a banger. Uh, the end could have been a banger, you know. So a little bit of a step down, but. Like we always ask, Will, if this is your first episode of Ring of Honor television, uh, would you keep watching, Will? I'd say so. Like this was something where they had a lot of potential, and none of it just really lived up to the potential that it could have had. So I mean, like for me, this I'd call it like a C plus episode. Like the matches were good, you know, they they kind of moved some story stuff along, but like. Wasn't as good as last week. Yeah, it's been better than a lot of stuff that we have watched, but you know, it's not the best. It wasn't fighting February. It's not fighting February. You know, so as long as you never go back to that, will I think we'll keep doing the podcast? So we'll be we'll be in Russell or Jimmy's July. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a brief. I mean, it was a brief recap, but I mean, it's getting definitely getting a little late here, but uh. You know, not a bad episode. Uh, looking forward to Jay Briscoe versus Matt Hardy next week. Um, probably figure out what's going on from there. And then, uh, is that the? Oh yeah, that's the last title match for the month. So and then we got Steel Cage Warfare. So I don't yeah. know. It'd be interesting to see if that's the whole episode for Steel Cage Warfare. So I think it's on TV. So you'd think it has to be right. There, there no, there's no way they're gonna hype up this match and then have it only be like ten minutes, right? Yeah, and then logistically, I mean, you know, you've got to, you know, it's not like they're WWE where they can just lower the cage on there, so. Unless I'm missing something, I don't know, so. But, uh, Will, um, before we pull this train into the preferable station, uh, any other words? Oh, that's right, we have uh, House of uh, House of Hoopla next week. So, everyone be prepared for that. Woo, take your pants off. Woo, take your pants off. Which sucks, because that, that is a pretty dope song. I mean, that's kind of right up my alley. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's, that's, really, that's, that's right that, up. To- it can be up Tom the Bomb. It can be up, it can be up Tom the Bomb's alley. Not, yeah. not Milwaukee. Well, yeah, well, that's true. So, yeah, maybe even more Fuzzy E if you want to go back a little bit. But, uh, um, yeah, but it is from one of my favorite no, venues. just the... It's at 115 Bourbon Street. Uh, unfortunately, a place I will not be able to see uh, wrestling anytime soon because insurance companies fucking suck. Um, I don't know if I brought that up on here, but yeah, AAW cannot run there anymore because uh, Bourbon Street's insurance company said they can no longer have combat sports in the bar. So, some bullshit. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but Will, anything else you want to put over uh, before we pull this train to the station? Just the usual stuff, you know, just our wives. They put up with a lot. Let us do the show. You know, we'll, we'll thank the Wizards and we'll thank uh, Re for building the Discord that we all use on the daily basis. Yeah. Uh, all the other shows are soulmates, if you will, on the Wizards Network and on Visionary Global Media. Lots of there's there's something for everybody there. You like movies? There's there's talk about movies. You want uh, more like 
D&D type talk. There's there's podcasts for that. You just like sports. People talk sports. I mean, I'm still, you know, to use the word, I'm so chuffed that uh, our, our buddy Beaumont there interviewed some folks from the, the X-Men TV show. Like, yeah. I still think about go, how I went back and watched that. I'm like, I never would have thought yeah. that that's something I would have gone It was a great interview. I mean, yeah. they gave him a lot of, like, they gave him a lot. Yeah. Like, they, they could have very easily been like, yeah, it's whatever. But like, they were, like, so, they were so into the interview. It was great to hear. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should put that over on our Twitter one of these days. I'll find, if you find the link before I do, remind me, because they will forget. Um, yeah, and we didn't even yeah, bring that up. That was a, I, we had to dig, had to, there was a lot of scrolling involved to get back to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the Brain Busters do have have their own feet also, by the way. That probably would have made it fast when I VGM'd it. <laughs> My bad. So, but I mean, you get to see, to go through That's all a lot the shows. of shows. Um, yeah, and speaking of the Discord. A lot of shows. You know, I just I just want to mention, you know, that uh, the Ring of Honor Revelry is new here uh, to the Shining Wizards Network, uh, even if it doesn't get shouted out on the Discord. But we're just going to leave that edit as it is. Um, thank you for talking me off the ledge on that. You know, well, I but... mean, you know, we we did on Monday, though, you know. Oh, Matt yeah. I mean, we did... that was an example that we we Actually, gave Tony Khan's we, we we gave Tony Khan's Ring of Honor some time. Like I said, I was off this bus back at Death Before Dishonor and everybody's like, you're wrong. Death Before Dishonor was a really good show. And I'm like, nah, it wasn't for me. And now everybody's kind of falling off the wagon because it's it's just not... All you had to do, and again, it goes to the point people have made about having somebody else run it. Like, you could have just bought everything. Got a creative team together and be like, let's just keep what this is moving because people really like all this stuff here. So let's just give it the budget, get a team and you guys take care of it. Yeah. But no, but yeah, that, that, that's here. It could have been, it could have been great. It could have been, you know, another great revitalization of ring of honor. Yeah, so I mean, Matt did show us a lot of love. So Matt, uh, probably, hopefully, a, a future guest here on Ring of Honor Revelry. And obviously, so I do want to shout out our good friend uh, Kate the Great uh, on the Twitter. Let's say they did do a Joe and Punk uh, one uh, watch along also on Fightful Overbooked a couple days before ours um, that she did invite us to, uh, but we couldn't make it. But uh, we, she's been a big influence and a big uh, proponent of our show also. Uh, so I just want to shout her also. So. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, let's just shout out the wives. I appreciate it. Faith came up with some great, uh, well, your wife came up with a great question and, uh, wife came, or faith came up with some great answers. So our wives are getting together and hopefully they get to hang out in real life here in about nine months. Will. So, and you know what? Shout out to Los Reyes, uh, tacos. Give me a t-shirt the last time I was in. That was really fucking cool. That made my day. I love free t-shirts. So. I, I, I was even a little sourpuss the next day. I'm like, Brittany, did you like? Did you like pay them to give me a t-shirt? She's like, no. They just gave you the t-shirt. That rule, so. Because I'm like, there's no way that there's like, there's no way it's like giving out, 
I mean, cause she was all like hush hush about it too. They came over and like, what shirt size you wear? I'm like a shirt size I wear. Like like whispering like in the booth. I'm like two X. And they slid a T-shirt into the booth. I'm like, and then like she walks away. I'm like, are they gonna give me a T-shirt? Because I thought either that or they were gonna come by. It's like, hey, it'd be a couple bucks, you know? Do can, can we ring you up for one? I would have rung up for one. Yeah. They gave me a T-shirt. Well, I mean, you're close you're... right. Well, when when you're uh, when you come out this way, we'll have to we'll, yep. have to, we'll have to take you there. I'm I'm totally down. So. But, uh, well, speaking of said wives, they probably do want to enjoy our, our physical company, and that sounded really bad, but, um, you know, you know what I mean, so I'm not being... Let's get physical, physical, I want to get physical. All right, well, I think that's a good sign we should probably pull the plug on this Right, one. you hear that? That's, 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 the, that's the copyright hammer coming down <laughs> in the distance. Uh, but, Will, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you, and uh, high fivers. Uh, make sure you check out all the social media and uh, check out all the great shows on Shining Wizards Network, uh, Visionaries Global Media, and uh, obviously all the shows on Fightful Overbook. They are kind of, um, you know, family adjacent. So talk to everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.